Welcome to That Mom Life, my very first podcast recorded with not one but two people inside my Harry Potter closet from home. That are th- This is the day we're living in right now, the quarantine life, but I thought it was important to still continue this podcast because now more than ever, you need something to listen to. So my guest tonight is the only guest that I'm really allowed to have quarantine style because she lives in my house. It's my mom. Hi, mom. Hello. <laughs> so mom, I guess I should start with hi. And is it weird? Do I make you nervous that you and I are in a closet in our house under the stairs together? Oh, it's not the weirdest thing we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I do like, I know dad was like, there's no way you're both going to fit in there. Watch us. Oh, not a problem. So you have, we're going to go rewind. You and dad have been married how long? 38 years. 38 years. And how long have you been together? 40. Okay. So at one point after you guys were married, they told you that you were not going to be able to have children, correct? Actually, they told me before we were married. Before you were married. When I was 17, they said I would have no children. So I kind of warned dad after he proposed to me, hey, we may not be able to have children together. And he's like, not a problem. I'm a Schneider. (laughs) (laughs) And he was kind of (laughs) right. Well, so then you ended up getting pregnant, obviously. I'm actually the youngest of three. Mm-hmm. So did you expect to ever have three? I know dad's one of eight children and you are one of three. So did you want a big family? I always thought two was the perfect number. And after, actually I had a surgery to help things come along, but we just started having babies. And then after three, we were like, hey, we got the perfect family now. That's right. Cause you had me last. That's right. <laughs> we saved the best for last. <laughs> I always, apparently when I was little, I would always say I did not want them to have a fourth because I was the baby. So I I guess I'm sorry for that, but not sorry for that. We were always going to adopt. And you're like, no, I'm the baby. (laughs) See, I am here. So you had three lovely children. But the thing is, though, and I, now that I am mom too, you had all three of us within four years. Yes, that was uh, quite interesting. You talk about no sleep for almost five years because of pregnant, nursing, pregnant, nursing, pregnant, nursing. What was the hardest part about the closeness and age between all three of us? As a mother of three, now I'm sure you would agree, once you hit the third one, you're rather busy. Like, I didn't work. I stayed home. My life was all three of you guys. You stayed home with me, or all three of us, until how old was I? Until you went into kindergarten. When you went into kindergarten, I started working at the school. So essentially, when you guys were off, I was off. That's what, Okay, that's what I thought I was. When, so when I started school, you started school, more or less. And you started working part-time at the school with us. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Growing up, I didn't realize that, like, not everyone had their parents home when they got home from school. Or you always had little snacks. Or we always, always, always ate dinner, like homemade meals around the kitchen table. Always. We've always met together as a family for supper. And ever since you were little, I've made homemade food. I mean, I don't even think I realized outside of, like, pizza. Then again, living in Southern Indiana at that time, there wasn't a lot of food options up on the hill, yeah. as we call it. But, like... That was a treat, but that was rare. We did not go out to eat very often. We didn't. I always cooked. Like, Mary, you stayed all night at a girlfriend's one time, and they said, oh, sorry, we can't cook breakfast. We don't have pancake mix. And you're like, um, do you have flour? Do you have eggs? Do you have a spoon to whisk it with? Yeah, I do remember that because I didn't know what Bisquick, Bisquick was. I didn't know it was a thing because yeah. when I was raised, it was like, here's the recipe. And from as long as I can remember, you would just bring me into the kitchen 
and we'd make our recipes together. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can remember that was always one of my favorite things is the fact that we always ate around the table. And even though there was the three of us, and I mean, obviously you can attest to this, um, competition when you're that close in age. That was rough. The competition, even if you're, I always said, if you're pouring three glasses of juice, if one had one drop more, you guys always fought over it. You're like, I want it. No, I want that one. It was it, the competition. <laughs> oh, you, you're getting it back now. <laughs> I am. I was about to say, I'm, it's yeah. funny how life works out that way. Because I, yeah. my two oldest, your two oldest grand, or well, of my children, grandchildren, they are 22 months apart and their competition between each other. I mean, they got in trouble for it tonight because one was winning before the other one in a game and throwing a temper tantrum about it. And I'm like, not everyone can win. It Even is in the homeschooling going on right now. If one answers before the other one, the other one gets all pouty. The competition is to, and you were 22 months exactly with one of your sisters. No, the, my oldest two sisters, Nikki, Nikki and Annie are 22, 22 months apart. And apart. I'm 18 oh, months you're apart. You're 18. Yeah, that's from, right. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I'll get it's your hard. math right. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so we had all three of us. And one of the biggest philosophies that I feel like you and dad taught us growing up, which <laughs> clearly we have a big family, was that you don't turn family away if they're in need. Never. We, uh, we've lived that life. We've well, never turned away from That's, I guess, what I'm getting into is the fact that, like, growing up, there were times when there were 12 people living in our house. Or foreign exchange students. Foreign exchange students. Or we had relatives that there were three generations of those relatives, like my aunt and uncle, their kids, and then they had kids all in our home. And also when a first cousin of your dad, his mother died and he was special needs, he moved down with us and he was there your whole life. And growing up with a special needs person takes a lot of patience and it's not a life that everybody lives I do remember growing up at times that there w- I wasn't always sure who to bring to the house. <laughs> and, I believe it. And it wasn't, I was never embarrassed of my family whatsoever. It was just like, there was so much explaining to do. And it was like, if you come to our house, you need to understand, well, my aunt and uncle are here right now, but he's, that's not my grandpa, but he seems like my grandpa. No, that is my grandpa, because then eventually grandpa moved in with us when I was 15, after your mom passed away. Can you imagine getting a babysitter when you were little? I don't remember being babysitters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a little hard to explain our lifestyle. We always grew up in a house where the door was open. Always. And always food mm-hmm. or a house. I can even remember one of your sisters saying, I think one of my girlfriends is pregnant, but I told her it's okay if your parents kick you out, you can come live with us. We'll take care well, of you. Well, I mean, that you know what? We say the doors are always open for family, but you do bring up an interesting point. One of my best friends, um, since I was super little, once would say that she wanted our dad to walk her down the aisle. And I even got Mother's Day cards from at least two of your friends. Right. We always created that safe place for friends or family. So while it was chaotic, it was like, at a very young age, I learned that silence means something bad. Either I'm <laughs> home alone and it's weird, or why is everyone quiet? What's wrong? And now I'm in radio and if they're silenced, that means there's something wrong. But I didn't like a quiet house. And I still don't like a quiet house. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like to relax at the end of the day and I want the kids to be asleep, please. But yeah. I think I learned that from a very young age because our house just wasn't quiet. No, it wasn't exactly chaos. No, but there know. was always something going on with either animals or oh, yeah, people or animals friends too. or 
I don't know. It's not that it was chaotic necessarily. Like there were, I know everyone has that house of like their friends when they were growing up that felt like a museum and like you couldn't touch anything. And Mm -hmm. if you put out it, take out one toy, put away one toy. And I know our house was always like picked up, but it was lived in. Well, and I wanted you guys, I wanted your friends to want to be at our house. And that's why we kind of had a cool basement and stuff with a pool table and a Coca-Cola machine. Sure. I wanted people to come to our house because, honestly, that way I knew where you guys were at. (laughs) And we were perfect angels. Absolute. Halos (laughs) shiny. (laughs) I don't think I need to divulge all of my... Let's just say this. I was a good kid. And I was texting one of my best friends earlier today. Again, the same one. And she knows the same one who lived on the same street with me since I was four. She's been in my baby book. We were good kids. We had jobs by the time we were 15 and up. Mm -hmm. We had extracurricular activities. We're basically straight-A students. So the rest... Eh, it's fine. We'll just lump it into we were still good kids. You were. And <laughs> you're in one piece. We're no, in one piece. No broken bones. So okay. I don't I never I didn't actually prep her whatsoever as to what we were gonna talk about, but I'm gonna take a detour. So when I was in high school, I remember two shifting acts that happened. Two things that happened. One was when your mother suddenly passed away and then well, we call him Gigi. Well, mm-hmm. because of the grandkids, great grandpa. Mm-hmm. But when grandpa moved in with us, mm-hmm. but I think the more massive shift for us was when at one point when I was in high school, when dad lost his job, that was the biggest shift. Yes. Because we had built our absolute dream house. We had designed it for all of us and all of you girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a much like what's going on now, you know, they, cut back like crazy. I I never I will forget the call from your dad. It sounded like he was in a submarine 5,000 feet below the surface. And I was like, oh my gosh. And we hung on for two years, but we had to lose our dream house. And unfortunately, it all happened when you went to college. I can remember all of that happening. And you need to understand, my mom and I have always had more of like a friend, best friend relationship. Like she's my mom, but I literally can recount one real fight I've ever had with you. And it was when I was in college, but I can't even remember what it was over. It was over me paying rent for an apartment that I wasn't even living in. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Freak year. I do recall See, Yes. See, she remembers the one fight I ever had with you. We split that. Yeah, we did. We did. So, I remember because you came to me and you were upset and worried about finances. And then, then you apologized because you were like, I shouldn't put that burden on you. But honestly, that's the reason why I started working when I was 15. Because I didn't want you guys to have to pay my gas bills or going out to the movies with my boyfriend or mm-hmm. going out to eat with my friends. Like, I didn't want that burden on you guys ever. And that happened last that junior and senior year of college that, right. or of high school. Um, I can remember I went away to college in Evansville. And the very first weekend I came home, I came home to surprise you guys. And then, but when I was coming home, you guys moved after I went to college. And this was only been a month. And I came home and had to get the address from your sister. And then I got there and no one was there. So then I ended up in this house that I've never been to before. You were crying on the porch. I was. Because I walked into a house and like all my stuff was there. But I was like, this isn't my home. Where am I? And I had to like ask where it was. And I kind of felt like that every day. <laughs> I felt so bad that day. I felt so bad. But, you know, the house we had was fine. Was it, it our was. dream house? It wasn't. 
but we made it. We didn't lose everything. We would have been close, but somehow we sold the house and we got that. Dad got an amazing job with an amazing company that he then retired from. And, you know, the government even helped your first year of college. So, I mean, the government was there to help us. Yes. And then, luckily, when I was, for my junior year, that's when I started working full-time at the radio station. And so then we ended up, you and I just split the cost of college so no more student loans were had mm-hmm. which was amazing and you got the scholarship from the derby I did. princess as i had well. the derby princess contemporary and festival and horseshoe foundation yeah. which is now caesar southern indiana foundation yes they gave me college scholarships and what a blessing oh that when you finished college no debt no debt not a no single debt. piece of debt i worked my way through and on the other side and um but you've always been a hard worker you've never you've never slacked off in that respect even in high school like in plays or doing your your homework no you've always been very responsible even when having probably irresponsible fun i was still responsible (laughs) (laughs) somehow somehow um so while i was in my senior year of college i brought home brian and that was my first, well, like the first semester of my last year of college. So do you remember meeting Brian for the first time? I remember exactly where we ate and where we met at, at Rocky's. And I swear he had chicken marsala. He did not. He says he did, but I swear he did. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you know that there was something different about Brian when you met him then? He fit in. It was like we were this puzzle. And as a family. And like and we said, we were really a crazy puzzle. Yeah, we were a crazy puzzle. Many, many <laughs> facets and strange little pieces. But you know what? He was like this last little puzzle piece that was missing, and I never even knew it. And he just fit right in from the get-go. You it know, was awesome. So one of our, my childhood friends, and obviously one of the ones you always considered another daughter, my friend Joy... She was the one who set us up on a, like, blind date. It was a double date with her and her boyfriend, who was also Brian's best friend from growing up. So it was, like, two childhood friends. They were together, introduced me and Brian. Um, And after our first date, I knew something was different with him, too. And then when I realized he was an only child and his mom was an only child, I was like, oh, no. We have a real big family. So I didn't know if he could take us. (laughs) But honestly, the first time he came over to the house, he didn't even bat an eye. He like, passed the first test. He, he was able to sit at the dinner table. You know what? I didn't bring men home lightly whatsoever. I think there was two my entire life. Uh, two. Two. Brian and then my high school sweetheart. So, yeah, that is it. I didn't, again, no. I chose very carefully about who I really lived into our whole dynamic of our personal life. So, yeah. Well, I didn't realize it was kind of a juggle, but yeah. I, <laughs> which was weird after like nine months of dating Brian. You actually encouraged us to move in, in together. You never, like, questioned that. I don't... Encouraged is a strong word. You let us buy a house! But <laughs> it wasn't up to me. Uh, but no, I mean, it just sort of naturally happened. I mean, he had his grandpa and grandma, who was in their 80s, yeah. looking for houses with us. That's true. So it was kind of a family consensual it really was funny. Like, When we went to go move in together, this was as I was graduating college, um, when I was a Derby Princess, graduating college, all of this stuff at the same time. 
It was literally his mom and stepdad, you and dad, and his grandparents. It was the group of us. There was eight of it us was. all going to look for houses together, and that's how we bought our first house. Because his grandpa, since he lost his father at such a young age, he valued his opinion above all else. Yes. And that's when we met them. I remember talking oh to Oh, my grandma. gosh. That was when you met them? Yes. That day of all... That's kind of a strange... Meeting, if you think about it, it is the first. We went to several houses together. The first time I met Brian's grandpa, he I remember we went to Jay Alexander's over in Louisville, and after we met, he looked at me and he was like, Brian, I think you just met the girl you're gonna spend the rest of your life with. And then, well, that so far now, well, that was 2008, so 12 years later, or yeah, he was right, we're still going strong. Is it is what is it like as a parent to watch your kids fall in love? Is that is it fun or is it scary or is it like you're wanting to step in and take control as a parent or one thing I was always grateful to none of you girls brought home somebody that was like we were like oh my goodness what are we going to do about this but and then when like you met Brian it just everything fell into place you know like he just fit in and still fits in our, our family, if you will, as if I, if I had to, I've always said this, if I had to choose a son, I don't, I don't think I could make a better son in my imagination than he is, you know, and he's a good father and a good husband and a good son-in-law and he's a good son to his mom and he loved his grandparents. He had so much love in his family. Mm-hmm. That he, it was a smaller family, but just as much love. But he brought that aspect with him, and I think that's why he fits so well. So I was very happy. I don't ever think I had a single bad thought. Like when you met Brian? No. No. It, it just always worked good. It did. Beyond good, really. It did. And I mean, we've been together now 12 years, and now our oldest son is going to be seven in August, I, I do believe I was in your kitchen. Brian and I came over, I think, or when did I, t I can't remember how I told you. I'm, I'm mixing up when I told you I was pregnant the first time. Did I bring, come over and bring you little onesies, I think? I think that's what it was. You did. You did. I remember the last one the most well, for some yeah. reason. <laughs> well, okay. I remember. Okay. So again, still close. And even though Brian and I obviously had our own house and everything, we still came over to dinner to your house probably once or twice a week. Easily. Easily. And so then I remember I announced that I was pregnant with camp. And then we were actually living with you because we were building a house mm -hmm. when I found out I was pregnant with... No, it was later than that. It was not. She I'm was sorry. She was a baby, wasn't she? Kennedy was net no camp was a baby when we lived with you when we were building our house, so we had already moved into my house. I'm now I'm gonna give my own details confused. See, I'm mix, mixing up my kids. I remember telling Welcome you again. Welcome to being a mother of three. Right. I just remember always telling you like in the kitchen for some reason. <laughs> so it's the heart of the family. <laughs> and the the funny part is now is that obviously my mom lives in this house because we live in a multi generational house, and so to put all the pieces together of why we got there, so we grew up in a dream in the dream home that you and dad built literally with your own two hands and then several years ago dad got really really sick with blood clots and we discovered the blood clotting disorders and i mean we almost lost him more, yeah. than, more than once we almost lost him more than once and i remember specifically sitting in your living room 
and you said, if we were in the lottery, I want to buy land and we should both build houses on it. And then Brian immediately spoke up and he goes, well, why does that have to be if we win the lottery? Why can't we do that? So meanwhile, you and dad are in the hospital <laughs> and Brian's wheels are spinning. And if anyone knows Brian, when his wheels start spinning, they don't stop until they figure it out. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so in a very short amount of time after that, we found land that we thought we would like. Turned out it was in a floodplain. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But I remember the day that we were all piled into the van, and it was one of the first times I swear Dad went on an adventure after getting out of the hospital, mm -hmm. and we told you guys what we wanted to do was build a house, and then we wanted to take it on, and Brian's and Brian is the one who said that. It was his idea. Yeah. yeah. What was it like when Brian and I told you that we wanted to actually do this? It was... Obviously, beyond awesome, and on many, many, many levels and planes, because um, knowing that with dad, if whatever something happened or something, we'd all be there to help, and you know, on a deeper level, never be alone, even when you're old. And mm -hmm. you know, we take care, and you do this too, we take care of so many people in our family. It's like, so when you get older you think well I'll be okay and it's been such a blessing to be together especially in these times I can't think of oh my gosh if it was just dad and I in a house and we were like quarantined or you know whatever yeah social distancing but being together at this time it means even more because you know we're tackling basically the problems in life together honestly you know? it is and who knew that something like this would ever occur in a million years almost exactly a year ago i found out i was pregnant the third time so we built the multi-generational home together we are back you're back in dream home number two but better than yes dream number we're one. back in our for we're in our forever home our forever place and when I found out that Netta was pregnant, I, originally I thought Brian was going to freak out. He was the one smiling. I was the one crying. And he goes marching over to your house. I say your house. It's all one house, but it's like two sides. It's hard to explain. Yeah. He marches over there holding the positive pregnancy test in the air. I'm walking behind him sobbing. Sobbing. And you look at me and you're like, what is wrong? I know. And Brian goes, well, she's pregnant. And I remember I followed you outside to let out the dog. And I was like, Mom, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if I was the granny nanny? I said that, granny nanny. And, and I hate the word granny, but it rhymes with nanny, so yes, it's cute. You said that, and I was like, what are we going to do? And Brian was like, it's, it's all going to work out. It's going to be perfect timing. And lo and behold, you and Dad have both now retired Yeah. since I had Maggie back in November. And it was the biggest and best blessing ever because now we're here with you. The th my three mm -hmm. kids are with you all the time. My grandfather still here. Like, they run around and they're with you guys every single day. You were there to help me with maternity leave. I mean, like, we really do do everything together. And I know we explain mm -hmm. that to people all the time, but it's like we eat dinner together. We grocery shop together. We have movie nights together. At the same time, you do your thing, I do my thing. And we still laugh. Every day. 
Every, we do. We laugh every day. And you know, I wanted to bring up one thing when you were crying. You said, but what about Kenny? She's uh, going to be so upset. And who loves her little sister beyond, beyond, and kisses her uh, and loves on her? You couldn't have a more loving sister. She's quite the mommy's girl. Like, she, to the point where she'll push her brother off my lap to get to me. So I was terrified. Although I think every mom goes through a moment when you're like, my heart already loves so much. Can it? Can we welcome in somebody else and still love everyone equally? Well, and you know, you talk about love. As a grandparent, you think your heart is, uh, well, as a mother, you think your heart is so full. But then your grandchildren come along and you never realized this other capacity for love. And it's a totally different kind of love. And for us to, to come full circle back to live in a generational home like this and to get those smiles and to get those hugs and, you know, to even break up little spats, yeah. you know, or running when they fall off their scooter on the deck, you know, and run out there with an ice packet. But it just makes it all wonderful. Somehow it just all works. I mean, it is the biggest blessing for us because I know, A, you have to get along with your family. Otherwise, this would be a nightmare situation, obviously. But for us, I mean, ever since, like, Maggie came into the picture, when I went back to work, you were watching her. And mm -hmm. I knew that, like, I didn't have to take her anywhere, any stranger. She was in her home. Camping Kennedy, when I feel like I'm giving the baby so much attention because I have to... I know that they're still feeling love from Brian, from you, from dad. I mean, Gigi's here. My sister's here. Like, they're getting love from somebody. They have a special place they just tuck into right by Grandpa on the right side. Papa's side of his lap. That's the special grandkid area. And, and little Kitty just sits there and she laughs at her funniest home videos. It's, <laughs> it's so cute. And then, you're right, right now, it's so weird. We're in a time that we're in quarantine. I mean... Literally, mm -hmm. I remember the last time I really went to the grocery store was Friday the 13th in March, which we're at the end of March now. And now I saw that the president just said we're going to be this way until through April. Mm -hmm. And while it is so hard because you can't quite see the future, again, you and I are figuring out, okay, Who's the person that's going to the grocery store? Okay, how are we going to make this stuff work for dinner? How are we going to make this work with the kids? Maggie's loving life because mommy's home every day and I don't have to pump anymore. Oh, she is one happy baby. She is happy as a clam. Meanwhile, Camp and Kennedy are like, why can't we go to school? What's going on? But then, again, we're going back to you did work in a school for a while. When I told you, mom, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm working from home. I have to, like, also take care of the baby, nurse the baby all day. How can I give them schoolwork, too? And... No problem. You hopped on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest. You did. And you came up with little lesson plans, and away we went. And now I jokingly call you the headmaster. <laughs> the one time I came downstairs, I got in trouble. So <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. I was, like, trying to get them to do their lessons, and you came down, and they kind of went all whiny on me. And I was like, thank it. I know. And then you kind of just gave me that look. And you need to understand something about my mom. She is the most selfless, wonderful human ever. So she never really says bad things. <laughs> she does it in the sweet, passive-aggressive way. So you get the hint, but it's, like, nicely done. Like, she's the mom that would stay up until 4 o'clock in the morning with me working on a project before it was due. She, she would get over chastising me for procrastinating and just get down to helping me. Like, you were always that mom. But I was real anxious to see what our grade was. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. Part of my secret to success may be my mom. Was it the Parthenon that we built the one time? Uh, Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Man, that was good. I particularly remember the one map we made of South America, and we pulled out like the toothpaste for the water. The blue toothpaste. Yes. <laughs> I thought that one. Did we get an A on we that We did one? get an A, Mom. <laughs> See, but working at a school, that's why I honestly... Like, working with the kids, it sort of makes me feel, like, useful, and I have all that to draw on. I've taught for over 20 years You and Dad were fortunate enough to be able to retire a little bit early, and I know you're a busybody. You don't sit still. You like to do stuff. You're a workhorse. So, even though I was like, but you're watching the baby, I could tell there was a part of you that was like, but I'm used to doing so much more. So... I was grateful to Maggie when we first retired, because I was like... I don't know. It was hard to stop working. Yeah. It was. But now, thanks to quarantine life, you're back to, like, teaching school. And your little brain, you went into your, let's get, let's make our uh, plans for the next day. Let's get everything going. And I was just like, I am beyond lucky because I'm watching my friends struggle trying to get everything together. And I would be a nightmare if I was trying to work from home, record shows in a closet, Somehow homeschool them, keep my patience, nurse the baby, put her down for a nap, keep the other kids quiet and entertain. I don't even know how I would do it. I honestly have absolutely no idea. And not to mention, there's a ton of anxiety and like just because of its unprecedented times that we're living in. Absolutely. And there's so many times that I just like walk over to you and dad and I'm just like, I need you guys to tell me what to do, like what's happening. And it's like, it really is like me, you, dad, and Brian versus the world. It is. And it sometimes feels like that. and sometimes it's me and you versus Dad and Brian. Uh <laughs> once in a while. Very <laughs> once in a while we look at them and we're like, really boys? Really? <laughs> and then okay. We all four we usually get along. We talk about everything. We do. We're just scared to spend money right now. Well who isn't? I know. I mean it's such a crazy unprecedented time. I mean I keep saying that but like I don't know what to do with it. If you ever asked me in my life, would you ever count Squares of toilet paper. I would have said, what are you talking about? Right? You came out proudly the one day and you were like, three squares. Do you know what you can do with three squares of toilet paper? Oh. You did. And I was like, mom. I know. Again, I was the mother who looked at my son and I was like, did you just throw six squares in the trash with one speck of dirt on them? Yeah. And that was me. And that's what one I said drop. to my son. And I'm like, great. Now I'm going to give my kids a complex. And I'm, I'm just hoping that the kids do know that something is not right. They're still little. They know they're not going to school. They're upset they mm-hmm. can't see their friends. FaceTime has been amazing to watch them with their friends. And even their aunts and uncles. Again, we have very much an open door. And so for them not mm-hmm. to have like their family coming in and out of the house is not as normal for them. But so far, they've really handled it well. And I know we still have a ways to go right now. But again, it's because... They've got multiple people to go bug, multiple people to ask mm-hmm. for a snack, multiple people to the snacks, uh, right? Yeah. To go outside and play. Like they have people around them and love, and they've got so much love around them. And mom, I I know I tell you this, but like, you are my best friend. Like you've taught me to be the mom that I am. But honestly, I still feel like I'm not living up to the mom you were. Yet. Oh. Sh- you're a great mom, the way you love those kids. And if I was, if we weren't here, you'd have made it through this. You just, you just dig deeper. You just find places inside yourself to do things like being a mom, being a teacher, being a doctor. 
be, you know, because you've got a doctor of the boo-boos. You know, you just everything. A counselor. Your <laughs> moms are quite a piece of wonderful work. I do feel like, you, that's right, you always have to figure out, you don't think you can dig deeper, but then you have to. Mm -hmm. And I think this time has taught me more than ever to, I like to project the future, but right now I'm just trying to live in the one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And each day I'm like, another day down, another day down. Hey, you got through birth there, girlfriend. I did. <laughs> if you can get through birth, we can do this. You're right. I'm not pushing any large objects out of my body that are causing <laughs> great amounts of pain, so... That is good. I know. Yeah. It is one of those We're picking things. flowers in the well, backfield. We did. We did pick flowers in the backfield. And it honestly, in a weird way, I keep relating it back to like maternity leave because it was RSV and mm -hmm. flu and cold season. And I basically stayed home all of my maternity leave and only went out occasionally to go to the grocery or pick up the kids from school. I kind of just feel like I'm back in that mode again. And we had to wipe down every surface yep. in the house with RSV to try to keep the baby safe. Yes. So we've been in Operation Keep the Baby Safe since November. So I think you yeah. and I both have gotten used to be sitting at home. A year ago, had you put us in quarantine, you and I would have gone stir crazy. Oh, yeah. That would have been crazy. Which is so weird to think that in the last five months, you and I have shifted gears into for, if anyone wonders where, if, if I'm emailing you in the middle of the night or sending text messages about something on a Sunday or why I'm still going or still pushing, it's because of the lady that I'm sitting in a closet with. <laughs> it's because that's how she is and she's always going. So thank you for teaching me to be who I am because I don't think you realize how much that like I try to be like you. And I'm like, if my mom can do this. I gotta be like my mom. Like, if she went through natural child labor, I can try to go through natural child labor. Only made it successfully once. You are impressive. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't either. I just wanted I tried. You, I wanted you guys. If anything went wrong, I wanted you to have the most chance of being born the best you could be. And well, look, you did. I did. Yeah. I did it with one of them. <laughs> I breastfed because you breastfed us, and I was like, if my mom can do it, I can do it. And look at little baby Maggie with all her little chubby. Knuckles with dimples and her oh, little chubby so legs. Breastfeeding is amazing. It is amazing. I'm very fortunate. Honestly, that's one of my silver linings to being home right now. I don't have to pump and carry my pump and worry about milk and bottles and washing bottles. Now, I do have a baby attached to me a lot. But so yeah. now, sometimes I'm doing conference calls with a baby attached to me or baby screaming in the background. So, life is just in a new phase of normal. And I hope at the end of all of this, we all just go... Like, I really appreciate the people around me. I appreciate my family, and I appreciate the people I can't be with right now. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think we might emerge better. I really do. I hope so. See, this is why I go talk to my parents sometimes when I'm starting to freak out a little bit. I go and talk to my mom and dad, and then we've got our we've got a large family unit, but we still have that open door when we can't open it when we're not social distancing. And so we've kind of recreated that childhood home again to, it's a place where everyone's welcome. Absolutely. And I love you, Mom. I love you, babe. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go hug now. <laughs> hug it out. <laughs>